Craig Council comes to meet the Brewers for the first time. This will be in obviously at, at, at our facilities, American Family Fields of Phoenix and Maryvale. And so it'll be a different deal when he comes back to Milwaukee and all of us fans are there. But still has to be kind of weird. So <laughs> I see we keep doing it. Like, you know, when you see your ex. How is the dog? You look you look good. <laughs> Why do you always speak in muted tones too, right? <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eight thirteen on this Wednesday morning. Thanks for spending part of your day with us on Wisconsin's Morning News. We'll talk a little bit more about the missing child case. There is some new information to release, but. I don't know. Eric and I go back and forth on how often we should discuss this story when there aren't breaks in the case or things like that. And kind of if you're in the southeast part of the state, just sort of a feeling of not much else you can do but keep these folks in your thoughts and in your prayers. If that's your thing, the FBI is now offering a fifteen thousand dollar reward for information essentially that provides a break in the case, Uh, either the location of Elijah Vu or leads to the arrest and conviction of whomever may be involved in his disappearance. Local authorities vow to continue searching today for that missing three-year-old. Elijah Vu's family spoke at an evening news conference thanking the community for helping in that search. They say they're not giving up hope of a good outcome. The emptiness left in his absence is a void that cannot be filled by anything else. Elijah, if you can hear us, Know that you are deeply missed and loved, and we will not rest until you are safely back in our arms. It's been more than a week now since the child disappeared. Again, he's three years old, was last reported seen in Manitowoc County in Two Rivers, although authorities have not said they're positive that's where he last was. Could be anywhere. Right. Right. And there's still a lot of questions, and I think I sensed, I watched that whole news conference, the chief of police there in Two Rivers, uh, Ben Miner, got out there and Tried to answer as many questions as he could. They're obviously keeping some things, I don't want to say secret, but they're not sharing everything that they know to help protect their investigation for a number of things. And I got the sense that he sensed the reporters up there were were getting frustrated by a lack of information. I found him sort of trying to explain why that is. And an interesting conversation with Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 1017 The Truth. And Ken was a Milwaukee police lieutenant for Mm -hmm. many years. And we kind of just asked him, like, so... What are they talking about when they're done with right. the news conference, right? A couple of different aspects there. We don't know why this child is missing. We don't know if the child was killed accidentally, killed intentionally, or just passed away, or was given away. Might have been sold. It, it, it could have been anything. Now, one of the things that Ken brought up that oftentimes investigators will dive into, and they normally don't talk about it necessarily publicly too much, would be the culture that this would have happened in you know how how could the culture be different in this investigation versus a different one but you have to take culture into mom is white family is Hmong, so the child for disciplinary reasons was turned over to a family member who happens to be Hmong. so if i were the wisconsin department of justice i would then bring in someone who understands the culture who can figure out why this occurred who talked mom into turning the kid over and then what in the culture is is driving discipline and they can subsequently figure out exactly 
what would they have done to the child? Would they have spanked the child? Would they have locked the child in a closet? Like, what's the norm? And then go from there. Yeah, the caretaker had said, according to the criminal complaint, that he would punish the three-year-old Elijah by making him stand in timeouts for several hours, force him into a cold shower if he were to mess his diaper, uh, things like that. Also, I found it interesting, Harris, uh, Ken said that, you know what, there's only so much information you can get from mom right now. They're both in custody, both mom and caretaker. But there's only so much you can press or get from them, especially if, they're, if they have lawyers or whatnot. It's not like they can every day get more little nuggets of information from them as they investigate. I think folks have asked, well, why haven't you charged the mom with, you know, with the disappearance? Why right. haven't you charged this Jesse Vang with the disappearance? And either they don't have the evidence to do that yet or maybe flat don't know. That's the thing. If they've stopped talking and if you were their lawyer, you would tell them stop talking unless you have, of course, you would hope. The best interests of the child at mind, but if you're they're right. involved in some deeper way that we don't know about, right, you're done talking and helping this investigation. We did learn something else in the news conference, too, Eric. We were asking about the father. So Katrina Bauer is the mother. She is right now being held, and the charge against the her neglect. is child neglect and a couple of obstruction charges as well. Jesse Vang is her boyfriend. He was the person who reported uh, Elijah missing, and the last person who has said he saw right, and he was Elijah. the disciplinarian right father is kind of out of the picture the police chief of two rivers revealed that he is in prison he's in wisconsin but has been uh, behind bars since 2023 so uh, is not directly involved in this nor being looked at um, additional things that we learned in that news conference as well is that authorities have not only focused their search in Manitowoc County. I believe they did search a nearby landfill in Calumet County, mm-hmm. which would be the neighboring county. But uh, also, he said they followed up on leads in Wisconsin Dells. Again, just because he was reported missing from Two Rivers doesn't mean that was the truth. You know, doesn't mean that that is the last place that he right. was seen or that there still wouldn't be connections to Wisconsin Dells, which is where mom lives. So they're keeping that part open. Also, there's apparently surveillance video that they're looking at. The chief did not reveal whether anything that they've seen has yielded anything significant. They are still collecting evidence. They still want people to help. He said there were National Guard helicopters involved in the search at one point as well. They continue to search waterways and whatnot. On that point, we did, too, ask Dr. Ken, who's investigated things like this before. The chief was being asked, do you believe that Elijah is still alive? And he said, I'm he, basically, he said, I'm not going to speculate. We have to we have to believe that as we continue our search. And I'm not going to speculate. What I'm going to do is continue to search for Elijah Vu. We are doing everything in our efforts, believing that he is still out there. We will find him and we will bring him home. And Ken said, like, you can't think about it any other way until you have evidence to suggest mm-hmm. something else has happened. And then you obviously continue to follow that up. So some of these things that we're hearing from authorities are, you know, some of the things are uh, questions they don't actually know the answers to. And then some of them may be things that they know or believe, but they can't yet reveal. And some will always ask, well, why even hold the news conference then? And to Ken's point, they don't have to. Right. Like, they're they're doing it just because they're Because you and me are knocking yeah, on their door. Yeah, they're getting <laughs> inundated with it. And they uh, it does keep it top of mind which is always a good thing as far as you know keeping your whereabouts being vigilant and whatnot if you're going to help search or if you're keep your eyes open for what could be nefarious or what would look suspicious but 
they're doing that because they're being asked to. It's not like yes. they're just deciding, hey, let's let's open up a news conference and, and give very little detail because we're not willing to give much more. <laughs> right. I mean, in our business, sorry, but we call it feeding the beast. Like this show is on. This show is three hours every day. And so what are we going to put in the show so that drives and that's every these reporters to want to get the right. information? That's every and TV like that. newscast. That's every, right. every newspaper. Digital everyone publications. has a quote-unquote budget yes. that they need to figure out how they're going to fill that space, that airtime on the 10 o'clock news. And obviously, this is going to continue to be part of it. I will say, too, in fairness to the public interest, if you're asking folks to engage in a search for someone whom they don't know, a family they are unaffiliated with, and to care about this missing little guy, and to, I mean, they've had folks from all around the region. One lady came down from Sturgeon Bay to join in the search. Which is pretty awesome. Right. If you're asking for folks to invest emotionally and psychologically in the well-being of this child and the family, and even in some cases to donate money, to donate things to searchers and first responders, Responders who have uh, been doing this, the, the chief said they've they've gotten soda dropped off at the, yeah. at the police station, all the things, he was thanking people. So if you are asking people in general to, to invest their hearts and their minds and their souls in this search, you, you ought to at least keep them reasonably sure. informed to the extent that you can, and it doesn't interfere what you're trying to do. I, that is, what, that is the, the best part about this story, uh, however it may end, is it is heartwarming to know, you know, oftentimes we always focus on the negative but there is a lot of good and a lot of love out there. I mean, there's a lot of strangers in that area right now taking time, sacrificing hours, days, or whatnot to help find this little boy, and that's pretty cool. And they're going to be at, back at it again today in Manitowoc County. 822, Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight twenty six on Wisconsin's morning news. Got an interesting text, sports related this morning. You know, we've been bringing you some of the the feels from spring training for the Brewers in Arizona, and we've been laughing a lot with our new manager Pat Murphy, right? And he says some funny stuff, and been saying a few things that that have caught our attention that are sort of outside the normal sports thing. And Dom Catronio's report this morning was about the fact that you know these games don't count. Like, you're looking for different things. You're not looking for wins and losses. You're looking for how guys have developed and whatever. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot of stories with Pat Murphy, the manager, and somebody texted in, lots of giggles and laughing coming out of Arizona in March. Hope there are some coming out of Milwaukee in September. Fair enough. Yeah, but don't... I guess what I would say to that is don't assume that just because Murphy's joshing with reporters means that he's not taking his job serious and that he's not also getting out of right. his players and stuff I mean that, what he needs right I mean that you can you can be both things you can yes have a sense of humor with reporters in Arizona and also be cranking on what you want to do with with the club and whatnot Craig Council comes to meet the Brewers for the first time this will be in obviously at, at, at our facilities American Family Fields of Phoenix and Maryvale and so it'll be a different deal when he comes back to Milwaukee and all of us fans are there but Still has to be kind of weird. So. <laughs> I see. We keep doing it. Like, you know, when you see your ex. How is the dog? You look You look good. <laughs> Why do you always speak in muted tones, too? Right? <laughs> hmm, you look good. Yeah, you. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. yeah, clubhouse looks nice. Yeah, it looks really like what you did. Yeah. That, is that new? Mm. Yeah, that's new, huh? Frey like at third base, huh? Looks, mm, how about okay. that? Looks right. good. I'm sure it's totally normal between them. This is just what we've invented in our minds. We have that broadcast for you we this That's afternoon. Right. It's a 2 o'clock broadcast time and a 2.10 first pitch. Cubs and Brewers in Arizona. Right here on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. You're looking well. <laughs>
837 on this Wednesday morning. This won't affect the parade, will it? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. I mean, long term, right? I mean, that sponsorship costs a lot of money. He's talking about Macy's, a department store in distress. Macy's announcing it's closing 150 stores in the next three years. The 166-year-old retailer is making the move to focus instead on expanding its luxury brands, Bloomingdale's and Blue Mercury Cosmetic stores. ABC's ran an ally there. So the company going to invest in dozens of small format locations, one fifth the size of the traditional Macy's. So they're hoping for a more intimate shopping experience there. They feel that the mall has a place in the way consumers want to shop, but it just needs to be reimagined, re-enlivened, and, you know, upgraded a bit. The Wall Street Journal, Suzanne Kapner. So what of the Wisconsin locations? Southridge is a big one. I mean, that's my neighborhood. Yep, we got the one in Greendale there. Got the one in uh, Mayfair. Got, let's see here, Madison, Appleton are the other locations. As of now, uncertain what will be happening to those locations. Well, we know, but there's some that are known. I mean, I know they were really concerned in, what, San Francisco? I think they were closing, yeah. like, a big store there. I mean, ultimately, so, like, if you're closing 150 that's going to affect a lot of Three them. per state if you do the math. Now, that's not obviously how it will all work out. Some states have more than others, right? So you know how you fix this problem? You actually go there and you don't order everything from Amazon. That's, that's part of the issue. Right, because here again, it's like the popular restaurant is closing. Oh, really? Why are they closing? <laughs> when's the last time you were there? Right. So when's saying. the last time you went in brick and mortar, Macy's? I, have, I, I like Macy's. I like the brand. I'm trying to remember. It's... Two, three miles from my house when the last time I was right. actually in that store. I think I was buying my son some pants sure. <laughs> two, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. I just think it's always funny when, oh, well, I can order this from Amazon and get it tomorrow. Or you can go to a place, actually feel the piece of item that you're purchasing and walk home with it this afternoon. I'm still surprised how willing folks are to buy clothes online. Oh, yeah. My wife because it all fit the time. is so yeah. important, right? Shoes. like I, I know what I am in Nike because that's what I play sports in. So I can always order an eight and a half. And you know and, you, right, right. They so are, I can yep. do that online. That's fine. But right, I'm, I'm not an eight and a half in every shoe brand. So if I want to buy dress shoes or something like that or casual shoes, like I have no idea. Right. I could be anywhere from an eight to a nine and a half. It just depends, right? So how do you how do you order that online? And the whole hmm. idea of well, I ordered this and then well no, we'll just send it back. No way. Can you still return stuff at Amazon through Kohl's? Ooh, good question. I'm pretty Remember sure. they did that yeah. thing? I know the return policy is pretty easy. Yeah. I don't mind the policy. I just mean like, I don't like putting it back in the mail. I just want to know that somebody here, this is now yours. This is out of my house now. I get it. Right. Give me the refund, whatever you got to do. 840 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Traffic. Eight forty-two on Wisconsin's Morning News. So you pull it off, you haggle with the person. You... Yeah, I did. You kind of. You're right. I hadn't even thought of that. I caused shock and dismay amongst our team here when i mentioned that while i don't do it i was aware of people who in retail store settings will haggle over right. the price of a you know, pair of pants or or whatever and we had a caller darla who she more manipulated the system i think than haggled but she found ways right. to pay less for almost everything she bought at the store you can search for that online you know how do i negotiate a price in retail stores and folks have surprising success with that so i went to home depot because we put a bathroom fan up in our ceiling and like i had to get like a reducer 
coupling thing because the vent that's already installed in the attic is different than what this new fan had. So it's just I'm a so pain. unhandy. I don't even know what that is. So anyway, what's a reducer coupler? It was like a, it was like a six inch vent comes out of the new fan. Yeah. The vent I have up there is three, four inches. Someone will probably tell it me it's a bad idea to even do a reducer. But anyway, I did it. Anyway, I bought these pieces. Yada yada yada. I'm I bought at the Home I, Depot. Yeah, I bought one piece from Home Depot. Went to the self scanning, which I hate doing. I've told you this Beep. before. I like going to the to the person just yeah. because. Like people that have jobs, don't need to check it myself. I'm waiting to, I'm willing to, anyway. Good for you, keeping the economy rolling. <laughs> so I scan it myself, come back the next day to return it, and she only gives me half the price back. And I go to the lady, I'm like, well, wait. I'm like, I, this costs $22. Why are you only giving me 11 bucks back or whatever? She goes, well, you bought two of them. And I look at the receipt, I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I, so I scanned it twice. When nope. I did the self-scanning, I scanned the darn thing twice inadvertently and went ahead and bought it without even thinking. So did you, did so you tell I said, her I'm that? Like, I said, you know I'm what like, I would have ah. done? Walked out the door with my tail between my legs and had to explain no. to my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, didn't you just tell them? No, I mean, what? They no. didn't believe me. So what I said was, I'm like, ah, I'm like, no, I, I, I only bought the one. I must have bought two I'm on not a accident. contractor. I'm just right. a guy. Yeah. So she, she let me return the... The one that did not exist, so I didn't even have to give her a second. Good for you. Yeah, that's so. good. That's assertive. That was very that's nice. Fine. She could have said no. Yeah, it wasn't really haggling. I just was whining to her. She, she did it for me. It helped that you were crying. <laughs> there is one thing that bottom I'll... lip quivering. Right. Yes, big puppy Staring dog eyes. Take it back. Eyes all welling up, and my fan still doesn't work. Um, there is one thing that will make me cry, and that's uh, whenever we have to pack boxes or do any moving. Like <laughs> I don't know how many times you've moved in your life. It's the worst. Or when you're helping a friend move, like, <laughs> that's the worst. We hopefully have aged out of that. What's the Pizza age? Pizza and like? beer is not going right? to do it. <laughs> right. What, it's got to be, like, by 30s. I remember the first time I suggested that we get movers, and my late father-in-law was, like, outraged. And I think we were, had to be pretty, we had to be 30 or more. Yeah. I said, yeah I'm like, no, we're, we're just going to get, you know, because he's, like, what, ready to rally ready to the troops? Yeah, See, yeah no. Cousin Sean's in, Larry's mm-hmm. in, you know, yeah. right? I said, no, we're, we're going to get moved. Ah, you don't want to do that. Well, I'm not moving that piano <laughs> downstairs anymore. I'm not. Right. I'm just not. So they're doing that at the Milwaukee Public Museum. They are packing up everything. As you know, they're building a new museum near Pfizer Forum. Still getting all the uh, fundraising for that, but going to gr- break ground on that here fairly soon before it's officially finished in 2027. Uh, but they started the process yesterday. Here is Sarah Badejo talking about everything they need to package, starting with what they were doing yesterday. There's 23,000 items in this collection, um, which sounds like a lot, but if you look at it in the grand scheme of 4 million things within our entire museum, um, it's only a a drop in the bucket. Yeah, so the 23,000 things they were packaging up yesterday, just a drop in the bucket. That's one collection, 4 million things. Yes. Uh, so the uh, curator of history collection, Jackie Schweitzer, she spoke with our WDTMJ's Julian Johnson about when she started this plan. When did she begin the process of, okay, we're going to package up all of this British China? In my department, I started planning in about 2019, you know, knowing the move was coming um, and knowing that we were going to barcode the objects as part of that process. We needed to make sure every object had a digital uh, record as well in our system. So it was all very fine you know, tea pieces, porcelainish type porcelainish, like the, you know, just like that type of china. Yeah. That's what they were packaging up yesterday, and they are using barcodes because you can't just throw it in a box and say second floor dishes. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's wrapped in old Milwaukee journals. <laughs> right. They had those laying around in the museum too. Right. Yeah. 
they're taking old exhibit ones that are like used to be on the wall, just using those. To... Some Milwaukee Sentinel that Solomon Juno was publisher for. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Just oh, no. no, that's that's no. an actual artifact. And like the reason they started with these specific pieces of uh, items is because they can last long. In a box. Like, not everything can just get thrown in a box. And she says, yeah, she admits it's a little bit more than what you're doing at your house. In some ways, it's similar to moving your house. It's just a much bigger uh, project. We have to think about, you know, how these objects are going to interact materials-wise. We have to have a lot of knowledge about how different materials degrade. So, you know, I'd be concerned about enclosing plastics inside of a crate for too long because they off-gas, you know, harmful vapors. So we have to think about how these materials are going to be packed to not ensure damage, but also what they're made of and how it might interact inside of a crate. So what if you just open a desk drawer and dump everything that's inside it into a box? Like, can you just do that? Front or... hall desk. <laughs> have you ever done that? Have you ever gone to help somebody and they haven't had everything packed yet? Not like, even. I've gone to not even close. Like you just walk into the room and like folding like... their laundry. Like, hey. Oh, awful. Right. I came to move boxes <laughs> from here to the truck. That's what I came to do. And then from the truck to the new place. Right. Not to, like, wrap silverware. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Dishes are still all in the thing. You're carrying, like, uh, drawers that just have clothes in them. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's just going to go on the truck. We're just going to throw that in just there. Just set it up right. there somewhere. Put I don't know. Put it in the backseat of the You've Just put it in that, the living right? room. Fill up the backseat of your car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just That's with like true. all my clothes still on hangers, right? I just throw, <laughs> throw it in, there. in the back. Yes, God, moving sucks. It does. It's the worst. But right, no, get. One of the best decisions I've made. That's how you move movers. those things, though. You take all the hangers off and just keep everything on the hangers. Just tie them together and take the drawers out and leave it. Why would you take it out and put it into a separate box when you're just going to move the drawer anyway? All right, Debbie says so. <laughs> That's fine. That's you know how what? you move those. You know what? I bet you you're still not using movers. You're calling me and Eric and Pancake. Well, we we, we did use our family, yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> I'm glad Debbie didn't Good go to the you. museum yesterday. Oh, no, no, just give me the drawer. <laughs> just, leave the, just leave the drawer. Why are you taking that out? Why don't we just take everything over? Yeah. Right. You think your dishes are valuable. These are literally museum pieces. Eight <laughs> on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. 8.54, Wisconsin's Morning News, WTMJ forecast, sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. A <laughs> little bit different today than this time yesterday. High of 28 today. Yesterday's high was 70-something, right? Predicted high anyway. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what we actually ended up touching out on. Pretty darn close to 70. Highest ever February temperature. That was amazing. Mostly clear and breezy tonight with a low down to 17. We're at 20 right now in Milwaukee as we bring in WTMJ's Steve Scafini. I want to play something for you. So the NFL Combine is this week. Uh, pretty much everybody is gathering there. I think they don't start working guys out until tomorrow. But it's There's at Lucas Oil Stadium. Some and stuff. I know they do. Yeah. Yeah. In Indianapolis, and this is where you got the NFL draft prospects. They kind of put on a show for the scouts and the general managers and the coaches. So Brian Gutekunst is down there, so you have some media availability with these guys. And reporters were asking Goody, you know, like, so is there a position or positions you're really looking to focus on here in the draft? Not all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. 
Oh, jeez. Mm. Try not to play your cards face up there, Gretchen. <laughs> yeah, all of the positions. Yeah. I, so, thought, I thought I was going to be drafting a quarterback. Right. Just off the top of my head. Unless one falls. Ooh. 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 So let me play one more thing from him. So that was kind of funny. But uh, he was asked, you got a new defensive coordinator. Isn't isn't this guy going to be looking for specific guys that fit maybe a new scheme? I know we, for a fact we've always done this, but he's looking for versatile guys that can do a lot of things. Uh, I think you've got to be careful when you build a team of having too many guys that don't have kind of like a you know a robust skill set because when injuries hit, they got to be do, able to do different things. So I know these guys, they always say the same thing, Steve. Who Who are we looking for in the draft? We're looking for the... Best player available. Best player available. Exactly. That, that is the right answer, right? But it is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember when I was telling Eric about this? Do you remember when Ted Thompson years ago, uh, former Packers general manager, uh, explained this? He was asked about it again. He said, I, I loved this because he said, need is a sliding scale. What we need in April may not be what we need in October or December or whatever. You don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know what's going to happen. So you pass on a guy who's a great player because we don't need linebackers. Two guys go down the first week of camp, and now boy, it would have been great to have that guy. Yeah, it's amazing that put that position of, of general manager it gets so much heat and so much praise. And now the Packers have gone from in one year from all these questions to, hey, this team might be a Super Bowl contender in a couple of years. So all of a sudden he's a genius. He, he does his job, and he evaluates players and tries to put the best players on the field for the Packers, and you can't complain about his recent body of work. It's been pretty good, especially at the receiver position. So I have full faith, way more than I trust sports talkers who don't seem to know much about anything. Or even so your expectations are super high. Then. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm up. I'm up next year, yes. What are you doing next hour? We have Andy Schwartz talking about a couple things. Obviously, the missing child case is something we're going to talk about, and, and just some general police news, including MPS. Still waiting for those uh, SROs to show up in school. What's As the... required by law. Yes. What's the problem here, MPS? And oh, by the way, maybe you want to tell people what you're going to spend the referendum money on. Just something to talk about next hour. 8.57, the Political Power Hour with Steve Scafidi is coming up next.